Chris promised we'd catch up at, at the end of the game. Uh, I'm going to use one word: roller coaster. Yeah, we said we said um, last week on the show that uh, if County get to Wembley, I said we'd buy every member of the playing staff and the coaching staff for beer. Uh, even though we didn't get there, I think I'm still going to buy him one because um, they've, they've left everything out on the field for us today, and that's for us the six thousand odd that was, that was here today. They've done that for us. And, you're just devastating. I'm, I'm really mindful to watch my language. <laughs> um, I've not had anything to drink or anything, but it's. Um, we can put an adult mark on the on the podcast. Um, it's just such an emotional afternoon, and that doesn't excuse the, the fans getting on the pitch and then attempting to get to the dressing rooms after the game. But um, it just it goes to show everything that County's about uh, fighting till the very end. Yeah, absolutely, and and as you say, you know. To, there are, you know, bad elements in every club, and that's a. It kind of the thing about that. It really sucked the life out of when they scored their third goal, and sucked the life out of County as well. And and do you know what I mean? From that moment, the, the match looked very, very different. It, you know, they, those people are absolute idiots. Yeah, but I think we we, we said on air, um, <clears throat> you've you've got to. You've got to use this negative energy now and turn it into something positive. If you're 1-0 down in the 89th minute of any league game now, between now and the end of the season, remember this feeling. Remember that we can't have this feeling again. You know, Paul Turnbull, the leader on the pitch out there, was picking his players up. And um, he's going to be the one that drums it into them. And those players have got to remember that now. Every, every game that we have in between now and the end of the season is bigger than today because there are bigger competitions than the FA Trophy. Fair play to Fylde. They've gone out and done a job, but... Ultimately, the league is still to play for, so we've got to go for it. Yeah, and you're right. There's, you know, that that energy is a, an interesting thing because there there was no kind of sense of disbelief, or you know, the fans were still really bursting with pride. And I think after you know five or ten minutes, after picking themselves up, they, the the players were rightly proud of this run they've gone on. So there is that, and then as you say, the the use of the you know that that feeling as well. So it's a it's a you know double positive that really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have got to put a positive spin on things um, not negative people in any stretch uh, in any field so you've got to try and find some positives out today but it just it, it hurts at the moment knowing we were that close so it might take a little while to find those positives but we don't have any time to rest because Tuesday night we're back into a game more important than today yeah that's and that's what and it is genuinely more important you know if you said would you take being champions over Wembley you know it genuinely be a 50-50 choice but now you know everything to play for and we but you've said it at the start of the season believe that County are going to be champions and another big step to that uh, Tuesday night yeah Charlie have got the games in the hand uh, sorry the, the points in the bag rather than the games in the hand so we've got a lot of work to do but it starts on Tuesday and we can do it You're listening to County Live with me, Martin Johnson, over here. Me, Chris Ridgway, over there. And that was Chris at the end of the game, sounding very fed up that you heard at the top of the show there. Um, which, you know, was pretty predictable. There was a lot, a lot, a lot went on in 15 minutes. If you consider, you know, all the goals and the stuff with the fans and what was going on at the end of the tunnel, people want to speak to you, stuff like that. So no wonder you were quite emotional. How are you feeling yeah. now? On Saturday, it was um, a bitter pill to swallow. It, it, 
granted, it got a little bit easier on Tuesday. Um, getting back on the horse in league action and getting back to winning ways uh, was always a, a positive step to take. But um, Saturday was tough. It, you know, there's, there's no question about it. We we did start to believe for a moment. But I mentioned it with Jim tonight, and we'll hear that in a, in, a, in a few minutes' time about Saturday. Uh, and he was almost of the impression that. You know they've kind of erased that from the map. They've got a promotion chase on now, uh, and it was good that they were able to play in the league on Tuesday because they could just instantly wash it out of the mind uh, and get straight back to it. But yeah, you caught me at a low, <laughs> a low moment there because it was um, it was a real um, kick in the proverbials. It was. It was. Um, you know, I was there. I managed to get down. I sat behind you in the press box. Got great video of you at two two. Where just like, did you watch it when I sent it? Yes, I did. It's just disbelief, just sheer disbelief. (laughs) But what an incredible, an incredible game. Um, We'll talk more about it after uh, we've heard about your interview, Jim, about you know what I thought and stuff like that. But we've got a lot to get through tonight. Content, content, hashtag content, content alert, content alert, content klaxon. Um, So Eddie, you've got news of a signing. Yeah, we have Jason Gilchrist, all signed up, top scorer in the league last season. Thank Fantastic. you very much. Great, we'll talk more about him. We'll talk about Tuesday night and we'll have a look back on Saturday. Got new music. New music as well to close out the show by an excellent uh, new local band full of young whippersnappers. Yeah, it's your birthday tomorrow. It's your birthday tomorrow. <laughs> it's one of our birthdays It's your tomorrow. birthday, it's not my birthday. It's one of our birthdays tomorrow. And, and we have a hell of a new feature of No Context. And there's also the cheetah legend so so much to get through but first here's chris talking to jim gannon tonight jim's thursday evening back in from training new signing to speak about in a moment let's look back at the two games to pick over heartbreak against file but back on the horse against ashton now that you mentioned that game it has been a big big long week um transfer deadline's gone as well um yeah filed a difficult game to, to take in terms of the circumstances and but haven't really relived it, just forgot about and moved on because what was really important is that we had a short amount of days to get prepared for Ashton game and what we didn't want to do is to compound our misery with any kind of slip up against Ashton. So just delighted that, uh, if you like, we got back to league action so quickly and that we got back to winning ways so quickly. I mean, feel free not to go into too much detail, but how did the players respond back into training in the dressing room how how was the mood around the players when that file defeat happened and then after the Ashton game when they've when they've got back on and you know not remembered I'm sure they never forgot but there's a league campaign still to play for yeah I think um we we were always mindful as a staff that Tuesday was going to come around quite quick no matter what happened on Saturday whether we won the game or gone to Wembley or whether we lost the game and then even if it was in heartbreaking circumstances it might have been after extra time and penalties we, we, we knew we needed to be really really professional as a staff come Saturday 6 o'clock from then onwards to the Ashton game and I think that included a little bit of chats with players a bit of psychology a bit of uh, a Monday morning training session was going to have to be really well thought out and um, and done well and then maybe make a few changes and just getting everything right uh, to ensure that we got a positive result against Ashton um, I'm sure there's lots of other people have, you know, talked about how unlucky and how heartbreaking Saturday was. But for me, we just have to light the barn at game. Uh, we have to lament the fact that we've come so far. And we had the opportunity to do something special, um, 
but take stock and say that we have to get to that point, to, to create that environment where something really good was happening and the players could have took them, you know, the respect and reverence to another level. But um, we're keenly aware that, you know, I had seven big targets at the start of the season and um, got into Wembley in the FA Trophy. Unfortunately, it wasn't one of them. Um, you know, when, when it became about, it, it became a target. But, uh, you know, I think everybody's keenly aware that our biggest target this season was was promotion. And that still is number one, number two, number three priority. Was it just what the players needed then? It was never going to be an easy game. Um, Ashton made life difficult at times for County. They made it difficult to break them down. But was that what the players needed, a, a challenge to refocus on and completely put everything into it? Because ultimately they've come away from three points, so it was a successful night. I think the, Lofre, I think there was a lot of different mindsets uh, come Tuesday night. Um, we knew it was coming. I think some players were probably more ready for it than others, physically, mentally. Um, I thought in particular the three or four players that came into the side that hadn't played looked fresher and sharper mentally and physically. Um, perhaps for the rest, or not being involved on Saturdays physically and emotionally draining game. Um, we knew it was going to be a difficult game. Uh, we knew we'd have to probably have a lot of the ball. Uh, we knew that Ashton would be smarting, even though it was a long time ago from the 6-0 defeat. Um, they would make sure... They'd make sure that we certainly didn't get behind them and didn't get any gaps in between the lines. So they made it really hard for our forwards and our wingers and our attacking midfielders like Warby. Uh, so the onus was really on us to, to, to creep up the pitch by double switching uh, and then get the full-backs into a position where perhaps they could create penetration, get crosses, win set plays. And ultimately we did that and the goals came about because of that. Um, so I'm really pleased that we got ourselves into the lead. Um, disappointing that we didn't manage the game better and go on to to see the team off. But sometimes when you're physically tired or mostly tired, you sometimes just do enough to win the games. And I felt it felt like that, that we were always, if it got to a point where we needed to step up, I think we would have. But I think my memories of all those campaigns for the playoffs and promotion and Wembley, uh, you get to that point where you're very professional. You just, you raise your game, just do enough to win games. And I felt, I felt that we, we did that. Um, and hopefully we can raise our game again now come Saturday. Well, you mentioned that in your in your piece with John after the game on Saturday about the, you know, the, the seasons where you're a player and you you, t- you talk about those high fiving moments aren't really there when it's grinding out one nils because you're all physically feeling it and and everything else. Just talk us through a little bit. Now we've got a bit more time. What is it? What is it like as a player when you go in to the business end of the season, if you like, and you've got to raise your game every game because of something to play for? What does that do to you? Well, you've got to remember that we've we've been through a period of four months where that's been going on every game and um, sometimes gone beyond what we felt the players were capable of. Um, and that's going to take its toll on players. Um, you know, the nervous systems, the physical, um, and also just sometimes you feel a little bit blunt. Like I said, no matter how much you prepare the same as you did back in September, October, November, you just don't seem to have the same spring. Our training... Uh, regime has been really good and, and we monitor it really well. Um, the players have been excellent in training um, and whatever we put on for them, they they, they, they go for it with, with sometimes consummate ease in terms of the power work, the speed work. Um, so they train really well. I think though, um, you know, I mean, probably when we played in 96, 97 and had 60-odd games uh, against 
high level opposition. Every game was, you know, like we 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 have to play on a Saturday and then um, play a Premier League team on a Wednesday in the in the League Cup. So, and then when we got to the end of the season, I remember the last six eight games. It was all about. I think it was a lot of one nil wins, and we were just grinding out results. Um, we were getting a goal and we were solid and. I think we had a lot of clean sheets at the back end of that. Not a lot of goals. And if you look at the stats from last season, um, we had a hot spell of performances that got us into the playoffs and then everything tightened up. That happened the year before. And what we were keenly aware on this year is that we wanted to go into the last six, seven, eight, nine games, whatever's left, um, making sure that we had some real fresh attackers, some players with a bit of potency that can add to our ranks. How much confidence does it give you knowing that certain set of results happen this weekend and County are guaranteed at least a playoff place with a few games to go. We're not looking at the end of the season. It's not going to go to the wire whether or not County are going to get in the playoffs. It looks like it's all but confirmed at least. How much confidence does that give you to kick on? Um, I don't think any of us are looking at... Um, it's a nice milestone. But that'd be like the old Danny Begara one at the end of February when he used to say, well done, lad, 52 points were safe and we'd be sat second in the league. Um, sometimes you, and I'm sure that there'd be a lot of clubs and a lot of managers with, <clears> with <throat> equally, with professional setups and big budgets who'd be gladly be on 52 points and thinking job one is making sure we stay in this division. Um, and I'm sure there'd be loads of clubs that would love to be in a position where they've got 69 points and getting three more points at this stage of the season and guaranteeing a playoff spot they'd feel that that was a massive achievement. I think, and we should um, take some satisfaction in that, but when you're second and you're chasing first, um, and the least you want is to finish second and have the, the prime spot in the playoffs, um, then it, 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 it is a marker of what, what we've done. I think getting to 69 points on Tuesday night was great because we equal last year. If we get to 72, we'll be in the playoffs. We'll also have got to that magical mark of two points a game, which was one of our targets. Um, but what we need to do is just look at the results around us and, and keep working hard to, to close the gap on Chorley. Uh, we're tucked in nicely behind them. With uh, seven games to go, they've got six, and all we have to do is just keep whittling down the games and keep collecting the points, and then uh, we see where we are when we come to face Chorley at, at their ground. There's a new sign-in in the ranks, Jason Gilchrist. Uh, often a thorn in the side of Stockport County, but now could be the guy that helps promoters to promotion. Yeah, um, really pleased to get Jason. Um, been a big admirer of him, and I'm sure that you know the top goal scorer in the league last year. So um, Southport did extremely well to to attract him. I mean, they had to pay a heavy fee and good a good contract to get him. Lad could have played higher. Um, obviously. You know, Southport found themselves in a situation where they've got some fantastic attackers, you know, Jordan Archer, Sampson, uh, Dion Charles, Barras, and uh, the, the Van Green. You know, they've got a good array. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're trying to shape up for what they want to achieve this season and next season. And um, uh, Jason's not played as much football as he'd like. Um, so to get to a position where we can take a player of Jason in, I'm really grateful for, to Liam Watson for allowing us this opportunity and, and delighted that Jason wants to join us. And as I sort of alluded to before, um, looking at the back end of last season, um, 
Lee's Turner stopped scoring. I think the last six games, Matty Warburton didn't score. Jason Oswald didn't score in the last six games. So, um, is it because they've been tightly marked? Is it because they've they've had a fantastic season, scored a lot of goals, and and and, and feeling the edge of fatigue? Um, I'd expect our, our front players to score goals in the last six, seven games. Um, but I think what we've seen perhaps like with someone like Niall Bell is somebody who looks that touch fresher than Frank. Um, and perhaps that's why he's, his stats are he's jumping higher, he's running quicker and he's scoring and taking chances. So we have to be mindful that people like Frank Mulhern, Matty Warburton, Darren Stevenson have played a lot of football um, and they're going to have tired edges to, to their game. And if we can keep freshening up the group uh, with the likes of Niall Bell, Elliot Osborne, uh, Jason Gilchrist, um, you know, fantastic. And, and the great thing about Jason is that he allows us to play slightly different ways. Uh, he's a different type of striker than what we've got. Um, he's a predator. And when we play the type of teams we're going to be playing over the next seven games, we, we, we will get a lot of ball, a lot of possession, a lot of penetration, a lot of balls in the box, lots of set plays. And, and he's the type of player you want in and around that 18-yard box to, to get those goals that could be critical in terms of that, that one, two, three points that might be needed to make the difference. You mentioned the other players there. How did Jason... How did, how did Jason set in at training tonight, did you feel, when he was setting in with his teammates and ultimately meeting the players that, like you say, he's going to be working with, he's going to be feeding off these set pieces and he's going to be playing off the likes of Matty and maybe Niall or Frank or whoever. How did he set in with them? Well, well no, Jason, um, obviously, he's, he's, he's close to Elliot Osborne. They've trained together and I think um, that, you know they, they keep a good relationship off the pitch. So that was um, a good start for him. He knows several of the players from different... Um, and whether it be Ben Hinchcliffe who's sick and tired of picking the ball out of net every time he plays <laughs> Jason um, I think the lads have got a lot of respect for Jason as a player um, they've all seen him in action for FC South, Southport um, so they respect him as a, as a person and a player um, and so they're, they're absolutely delighted to have him in also you got to tinge that with the fact that other players are probably concerned about where does that leave them in the pecking order uh, what does it mean for them and, and these are young players who perhaps haven't really had to cope with too many of those psychological things and and this is why as a staff we've been talking and been very mindful over the last not just this last week post file but also those when we started making several changes in every game the psychology of the group and and making sure that because most of my management i think over the next five weeks it's going to be the psychological side keeping people in good spirits keeping them focused keeping them believing uh, even when they're not in the team or maybe not even a 16, just to keep them believing that they are a part to play and that, um, and just um, understanding what we're thinking and understanding uh, why we've brought this group together. Um, if I was going to make a point to them and to the fans is that, you know, when we went on this run, incredible run, you know, breaking records and, and get to the semi-finals of the FA Trophy, a lot of people recognised we had a good squad, perhaps one of the best squads. And I said that... Um, this squad was, and I said this pre-Chorley game, post-non-eating game, when we were at a low ebb and people were beginning to maybe lose the, the courage and faith that was our motto. And I said this was the best group of players I've had. And I'm sat here today looking at a training session where I think this squad's even better than that squad I talked about four months ago. When you add in you know, Jamie Stotts in there, we've got Lewis Baines, the depth we've got across the back four, um, the midfield options with everybody playing, um, you know, when, when you, you think about Darren and Adam and Matty Warburton, 
Elliot, Frank, Nylon, Jason Gilchrist. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I'm really pleased with the squad we've got. Um, that eighteen group, that eighteen players, we've got some fantastic young players, but that eight core group of eighteen that will be in the squad for Saturday can also be topped up over the next couple of weeks. Should we need it with the likes of Jake Kirby, who's going to return to fitness before the end of the season, and Connor DeMail. So, uh, what a good pool of players! I think we've earned that right to have them together because the success that they brought to the club has allowed the finances to to, to add one or two players as we've gone along this journey. And I'm, I'm really pleased the board has, has seen the benefit of strengthening at the right time and the rewards it brings to the club. And I think we're in a, a really good position now where I feel that we're well equipped now to kick on for what's going to be a, a fantastic end to the season. Just finally on that topic then, the fantastic end to the season. One one of the one one of the pulling points of county, if you like, is this incredible fan base. Now, speaking the other day uh, to a few people, saying that this season it seems to have gone to another level. The relationship with the players, the turnout in numbers, six thousand against Fylde, three thousand on a Tuesday night against Ashton United. I'm saying this an awful lot at the moment, but I have to put it to you again. What is your message to them going into what you might call now the cliched business end of the season when it's it's the final sprint? Well, you know, our fans, like our players, are breaking records. Um, you know, they're spending more game this season. Um, you know, even even an incredible turnout. I mean, it's, it's it's mad to think that last Saturday was probably one of the biggest games in the country. I know there was a lot of games that weren't on, but, you know, that, that was how... Um, and it was a fantastic game to come and watch. And, you know, our fans have seen some great football. I think that, you know, whether you be the old... Person, the older person, the older fan that stuck with us through thick and thin and enjoying the football or the new fans that have come along on the back of the bus, they're getting off people that have been watching us for week in, week out. It's just a fantastic time. The community have done brilliant in terms of attracting young fans and they're staying aboard. It's just so healthy at the moment. And um, and I think that, you know, I think they respect that these players are good, good pros, good people. They wear the shirt with pride. They're putting not only all the work in, but playing with some quality, and I think our fans are really appreciating that. Some of these players have been here now for quite a few games, so they identify with them. Um, and you know, across the board, there's no one standout player. Everybody has their favourite. I mean, the mascots come in. It'll be Ben, Niall, Matty. They've all, you know, there's so many people that they relate to, and I think it's just so dynamic at the moment. And our fans are going to play that part. I said when I came back in 2005, when I tried to lift this club from the bottom of the league. We were six or seven points adrift. Massive challenge ahead. And I thought that small clubs, as we were then in the league, would only achieve great things when the spirit of the club is, is brought to life. And I think um, we did that back in 2005-06 season, stayed up, and then continued that journey into League One. Um, and I, I think we're seeing it coming alive now. And, um, you know, we've got a tremendous team spirit, uh, definitely within the the building has a great club spirit, but in the wider sense, I mean, what's going around the ground and what I feel out in the community is, is just brilliant at the moment. And it's tremendous because that spirit is making this club feel really big at the moment. Jim, all the very best for the weekend. Thanks so much. So, as you said, um, I think... That was it was pretty evident at the end of the game. I don't think there was any kind of rancor, any 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 bitterness. There was there was a lot of disappointment, but I don't think there was any kind of no tears. You know, especially because Tuesday night was coming up very quickly, 
people realised what a great run it was and went out very closely to a team from, from the league above. Yeah. Um, ultimately, County are, <clears throat> I think, destined to play teams of that standard week in, week out next season. It, you know, it certainly looks um, that, that way. County are going to be there or thereabouts. But when the, when the FA Trophy comes around, at first you think, well, it's just a bit of a hindrance, really. We all got excited about the FA Cup. Um, then that ended. And then the FA Trophy was just something there to... Yeah, I don't mind it for the company, but it's it's not really what we want to be competing in. But then, as the weeks go on, you kind of get yourself up for it a little bit more, and it's interesting playing teams that you know you're not used to playing South Shields, you're not used to playing some of these other teams from here, there, and everywhere. Tro- Truro City, I'm still not sure uh, if I'm saying that right, but we play them as well. And I thought, you know, it's, it's an interesting tie. Okay, I'll take that. It's, you know, and then all of a sudden. It's the most important game of your season, possibly of your last few seasons, because you're talking about being a few minutes away from going to Wembley, and that's that's in everyone in football's dream. Not we, you know, we for weeks we spoke about it being the players' dream, but let's be honest, it's the fans' dream, it's the coaches' team, it's the staff's dream, it's everyone's dream. If you nobody in football doesn't want to go to Wembley, so you know it's a tough one to take, um, but then. The lads have come back on Tuesday night. Put a, we expected to turn Ashton right over, given what happened earlier in the season. But they're a bit of a revitalised team. Probably still going to go down, if we're honest. Um, but we've got the three points, and that's all that matters. Absolutely. At this stage, it is all that matters. I think it's pronounced true true But yeah, looking looking back on Saturday, as I said, I have the privilege to to be there with you in the press box. And... And my kind of view was it of the game itself was it was never really County's game. You never really felt that they had kind of any, you know, even even the goal. I wouldn't say it was against the run of play. Nobody was really kind of had their their noses in front in the first half, and then in the second half, you just never felt it was County's game. Yeah, I think filed. I'm loath to say filed showed their class because that brings about a whole different conversation, but. On the pitch, the players that they have are of a very, very good standard, yes. and they showed that. Um, very think, quick up front, very, you know. Yeah. They, they made very quick decisions, and you know they got very yeah. few chances and took them. Yeah, they, you know, they're they're doing a lot of things right on the pitch. Dave Challenger, Colin Woodthorpe, Colin Woodthorpe in particular, very highly thought of at Edgeley Park. Um, lo- used to love watching him play um, at County. So. <sighs> I can't be too. I'm, I'm, we're not bitter, do you know? It's it's not the time. I, I would say bitter, like you say. There was no tears. It's not that kind of defeat. It's a bit of a uh, a kick in the in the ribs, in the shins, uh, anywhere. But it's ultimately, like Jim said, it, it's not the goal, and it never was the goal. It was only the goal to win when you realise you're in the semi-final. Then all of a sudden, it becomes an objective. The, this season is all about promotion. Anything else is a bonus. So yeah. that was a bonus. You know, the trips out was a bonus. The dream of Wembley was a bonus. And it's nice, it's lovely. But, um, you know, signing Jason Gilchrist, the top scorer in the division last season, for the final few games of the season and the playoffs, should we need him, that might be a little bit better than a day out to Wembley. Well, yeah, exactly. You put that on the weighing scales and you think, you know, how can we make this squad better for the for the end of the, end of the season, for this run-in? You know, what? 
we might need uh, a few more goals. That's the, that's the way you do it, isn't it? Well, Jim Gannon gave um, he gave some great insight, as he does week in, week out, with uh, John Kieran after the game on Saturday, where he was talking about those famous um, games when County in 96-97, when they went all, you know, nearly all the way in the League Cup. And he talks about the, the, the fixtures and everything around that. And he talks about other promotion campaigns. And he was saying that when you get to this part of the season, physically it's very, very hard as a player to keep that same level of performance up from September and October and November when you're doing all the preparation is the same. You're still eating the same. You're still training the same. You're still doing everything that you did, but it's, there's just something not quite... You know, you, you you don't run on batteries, so to speak, and um, I think he I think he articulated that quite well, and I think we're probably seeing little signs of it in some of our players. But at the same time, they have excelled this season. So just that little hint of class towards the end might just be the cherry on a very fine cake. Well, indeed, um, and just just a word about Danny Rowe. You know, I'd heard about this player, I'd never never seen him in the flesh. Um, and it was strange that they tried to put everything through him in the first half, and he was like the teacher in Kez, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he was like because he's this big barrel-chested man, isn't he? And mm. and I think it, they thought, well, you know, he he has such an influence, but I don't think it did them any favors because it slowed the game down too much. And then in the second half, he just played up front and kind of made a nuisance of himself around the around yeah. the edge of the box, and that that suited them a lot better. I thought that was my take well, on the game. I get the impression I've I've. I've met Danny on a couple of occasions, but I've never properly spoken to him. And um, I get the impression that because he's the big name, you know, he's probably the the guy, the, the most vocal in the dressing room. He's probably that kind of player. In the first leg, he was completely wrapped up. There was, you know, he didn't offer anything apart from one very, very wayward shot. I think that probably frustrated him. Being the big boy in the dressing room, I don't think he particularly liked that. Yeah. So the first half, he was almost trying to pull shots away from anywhere just to remind yeah. people that he was there and he was who he was. But, um, you know, th- we-, we could hark on about that all night. I prefer, I think, now, if, you, the, the, if, we, if we move on to Ashton, the surprising thing for me was um, not so much the way County bounced back, but the number of changes that Jim made. We were speaking this time last week about whatever happens against Fylde, you know, there's going to have to be a way of managing that, you know, the mental effects, the physical effects. And Jim's solution to that was to make a number of changes, four or five changes to the squad. Um, but it, it paid off. And now, you know, I think we're in a positive place. We've got a tough test this weekend uh, against Darlington. They're not going to make things easy for us. But um, you've got to look back to Fancy and County. Ding dong, another goal for Niall Bell. Two goals across the two the two games, you know, oh. and you know, I was really pleased. I was really pleased to see to see to see him in the flesh. You know, my first trip to County this season, and yeah, he, you know, he looks like quite a prospect. You know, that that's what happens with young players. You know, not always completely on the ball, not always in the game, but you know, a goal scorer like that, you know, who can produce it, you know, when you need it, and he and he's only going to get better. That young man, the audacity of the young lad to back heel it. Uh, from that far out and it to go in uh, is it encapsulates everything about the young raw talent that is Niall Bell you know we spoke about him earlier in the season is he the, the the hottest prospect we've had in a number of years and you would have to say that he is he's a young lad coming through 
I think he does a lot wrong. If I'm honest, he's he's not what he doesn't do what a lot of seasoned pro strikers would do. But if anything, that makes him more dangerous. It makes him unpredictable. And I think yeah. that rawness, you know, seventy five percent, seventy percent of the time, it, it leads to a fluffed line or a mistake or a pass that was on that he could have made a bit earlier or whatever. But that twenty five, thirty percent of the time, it comes out in moments of genius. And the back heel in front of a cheetah end against Aston United is typical of that and, and brilliant to see. And a great way to get the nerves settled, get everyone back on board from, from Saturday. You know, yeah. as I say, a, you know, a great goal um, in front of the Cheetah end, an audacious goal. That's, that's just a perfect way. So looking across the two games, who, who was the man? Would you well, say? I think we've, we've got to go to Niall, haven't we? He's the guy scoring the goals. Um, he's the guy people want to see. But now I think... We're gonna we're gonna have to see more from him now. Jason Gilchrist is in the squad. Um, he it's gonna be interesting. Be, it'll be interesting being inside the heads of Frank Mulhern and Niall Bell tonight. Now that they know there's a new man in town, and it's a man who's got uh, uh, one hell of a reputation at this level. Because a few weeks ago, Frank Mulhern was the man. Yeah. You know, he was he was strolling around. He had the shirt. Then all of a sudden, Niall Bell's got it back, and he's scoring goals. And all of a sudden. There's a new kid who, uh, you know, could be the guy that scores the goals to clinch the title. So, um, if anything, that the only way to deal with it as a footballer is to raise your game. Sitting and moping and sulking won't get you anywhere. And I think these lads know that. There's no hint of a, um, a suspicion that they're going to do that. Um, so, if anything, the, the real winners are going to be the fans who see three incredible strikers in Gilchrist, Bell and Mulhern literally tussle for that shirt, uh, maybe we'll see Gilchrist move around the front three or four. I, I don't know yet, but it puts pressure on all of that. And, and for me, that excites me. That gets me interested. Well, yeah, you know, uh, County look pretty pretty good for the playoffs at the moment. Possible champions as well. And if neither Niall Bell or Frank Mulhern played again this season, which they will do, you they've made a fantastic contribution to where County are in the oh. league. So. So, you know, both of them can be really happy if Gilchrist, you know, takes the, is, is the first player chosen, you know, is the first one down in the forward line on, on Jim's list, then they've, they've made a fantastic contribution. But there's a lot of football to be played and they'll contribute again. Yeah, they, of course they will. Um, we don't know yet, you know, if the season's going to um, result in playoffs or not. But even if it doesn't, those boys... They, I, I, I'm going to stick my neck out now. I'm going to say each one of those three players will score for County oh, yeah. this season. Um, they won't just play, they'll get goals and goals win games so they'll they'll have an important contribution to play all of them, I guarantee it. And you see Jason Gilchrist starting on Saturday? <sighs> it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a really tough one. I, you know, After one training session, do you throw him in? But then he does know Elliot Osborne really well so... Is Elliot going to play? <laughs> you yeah. know, we, yeah. we spoke about it last week. So, um, do, do you think is, is it, if Elliot plays, then you, you have to kind of put Jason in there, or do you? Because Elliot's been linking up really well with Warby and, and, and Niall Bell. So, um, the, the gaffer's got some real decisions to make. And personally, personally, I would say no. Don't start with Jason Gilchrist. Let him get a feel for the occasion because it's a big game at the weekend. They all are now. So let him get a feel for the ground from the bench. 20 minutes left to go. Then bring him on. Let introduce him that way. That is what I would do. But so often, Jim Gannon and Chris Ridgway have different <laughs> ideas. <laughs> yeah, <funny> that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, and Jim's 
nine, 9.9 times out of 10 correct. So, so I, he, still, he, he might not start, but he's still your one to watch. He has to be the one to watch, doesn't he? If, he, if you've got, if you've got um, a new signing of that calibre in and amongst your ranks, he absolutely has to be the one to watch. Absolutely. And just a word on Elliot, I, I was really impressed with what a footballer he is. Just the weight of his passing, the way he can keep the ball. There was a couple of headers, which were, you know, not big, big strong headers, but just like controlling the ball. I, I, you know, I, I, I could tell that, he, that he's a footballer. He's you know, really a, very impressed. There's a touch of class about this kid. Um, the way he, the way he moves the ball around, the way, the, the the way the modern game is going, and the way that footballers have to be clever about the play. You know, he covers more ground than any other player. So he's there's no question in his physical stats, uh, status. But at the same time, he knows when to drop, which a lot of number tens don't. A lot of number tens see themselves as that second striker. You could argue Matty Warburton falls into that category where he wants to get the goals. He wants to be up. Whereas sometimes players have to drop, do a bit of defending, let those wide men come in and then spray some passes around. And I think Elliot's got the ability to do that but he's also got the ability to pop up and get a goal when it counts as we saw against Maidstone so um, I, I think he's a touch of class Elliot Osborne I'm really really thankful to have him at County and I think under Jim Gannon's stewardship he's only going to go up and up and up yeah I agree I was really 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 impressed um, so let's do the Cheetah Legend. I haven't got the music ready because it's. Oh, I like a bit of amateur. Ba- I like a bit of baseball. It's the start of the baseball season, and I'm keeping an eye because I like the Phillies. Let's go Phillies. Is that it's who we spot? Phillies. The Phillies. Yeah. It's the bottom of the seventh, um, which means there's two innings left, and the Phillies are leading the Atlanta Braves six-three. So all going very well. McCutcheon's just got another walk. If that means anything to you. Then welcome. Um, so who's winning? So the Phillies are winning. Good. You weren't listening, were you? Not at all. Okay, so... Okay, so Cheetah Legend. Last week, for all those who uh, were guessing and I said you weren't going to get it, it was Martin Chalk. And Martin Chalk is one of the first... He's one of the first players I remember watching at Stockport County. Well, there you go. So congratulations to everyone who got it. Well done. I feel naked not not having any music to do this. I know. Round. I'm, I'm apologise. Well, I, I kind of apologise because uh, you know I'm enjoying keeping an eye on the baseball as well. So I, you know. I apologise for people <laughs> having to think of me naked. But anyway, yeah, um, I just try I try to block it out. Thanks for bringing it back up. <laughs> so today's Cheadle legend. Okay, uh, I'm just going to give the game away now. Uh, it's possible he's a goalkeeper. <laughs> Because people used no to goals. get that fairly quickly. No goals to listen out for today. But uh, this fledgling goalkeeper's career started in 1993 at Rossendale United, where he played 43 times Just and up scored. To road. No goals. Scored no goals. He then went to Clitheroe in 95 to 96. A little bit further down to Road. Down to Road where there is no information. So Rossendale United, 43 appearances, no goals. Clitheroe. Dunno. He then went to Crystal Palace. What a move that is from wow. Clitheroe to Crystal Palace. Very well. Um, where he played two seasons. He played 21 games but didn't score any goals. However, Martin, then came his move. His big move. His, his dream move. move. His move that he had had on a poster on his wall since he was seven years old and still has to this day, which I can confirm, he moved to Stockport County where he played 89 games for the Hatters, scoring none. He did go 
to Wolverhampton Wanderers on loan in 2000, um, where he played no games and subsequently scored no goals. Um, so he then moves to Manchester City. Can we get a collective boo? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> he played 38 games and scored no goals before moving to Middlesbrough in 2003, playing three times. He then moved to Preston North End, where he played uh, 82 games between 2005 and 2007 for the North Enders. Lily Whites, I want to say. Lily Whites, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, 82 games, no goals. He went to Wigan on loan. Played no times, scored no goals. He made such an impact at Wigan on loan, playing no times and scoring no goals, that he actually moved there permanently, where he played no games and no goals, <laughs> before moving to Stoke City on loan, where he played 10 games, didn't score any goals. His last three clubs were Everton, Stoke and Norwich, where he didn't play any ki- any game time for any of them. Um, his overall contribution uh, was a total of 243 games scoring zero goals I think if I'm honest a lot of people are going to get this one tonight I don't yeah, think this is the hardest should we've be ever an done. easy one but that thing about um, you know sitting on the bench for big clubs when you're a goalkeeper that's got a few games under your belt might not you be a of, goalkeeper <laughs> well if you were say a goalkeeper <laughs> and you'd had say a, a long a goal, career it's a goalkeeper <laughs> for example then you know you do get them, don't you? Where they they're kind of kept on the bench for yeah. just for emergencies, really. So that it's it's understandable why he went to a few clubs but never actually played because I'm sure he was he was very very important in the dressing room. So I'm going to fly through it. Rosendale United, 43 games, no goals. Clevero, don't know. Crystal Palace, 21 games, no goals. County, the Hatters, 89 games, no goals. Wolverhampton Wanderers, no games, no goals. Man City, 38 games, zero goals. Middlesbrough, three games, no goals. I tell you what, there's just no goals. Let's just cut that out. Preston, 82 games. Uh, Wigan, no games. Stoke, 10. Then Everton, Stoke, Boo and Norwich, no Goals, no games. Um, there's your Cheetah Legend for this week. Uh, Reese Hoskins has just hit a home run grand slam. Do you know what that means? Touchdown so slam. So all the players dunk. in front of him were on base, which means you get four runs. Because everybody who comes in scores, you see. So that makes it 10-3. That's an incredible score in the first game. Anywho, uh, the fi- to close off tonight, you've got a little bit of an extra feature. Which you want to do regularly. No context, which way? Yeah. <laughs> you have to play it off your phone. All credit to Dan Powell, uh, who started sending us over um, little clips of commentary. Because obviously... Little they, clips of you. They yeah. used the commentary on, um, on, uh, on, what do you call it, on the highlights. Uh, so we just get these little clips like this. All his mates going... There you go. If you can find what part of the game that was in. <laughs> if you've got any idea what Chris is talking you about. You will win and, yourself a packet of... And you have to, bear in, have to bear in mind that that was live on air. People were listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, whether that increased or decreased your uh, enjoyment of the game when you listen to it, imagine, is up to you. And so finally, to end the show tonight, Level 7 event. Yeah, um, we're back. We're back, baby. New song out. Yeah, um, pull yourself together um, is uh, it, it, it took a long time to write and record and all the rest of it, um, mainly because we're quite lazy people. But um, yeah, it's out there now. It's in the public domain, so go give it a listen. Spotify, iTunes, all the rest of it. Um, do us a favour, share it because we're dead good and we could 
have blossoms supporting us if they want, <laughs> if they're interested, get what? in touch with us. Yeah, they're they're quite good blossoms. They're quite popular, so you know, hopefully they. Well, if, if they want to support us playing at the spinning top or something, then they'll be very interested. I'm sure. Uh, Chris, thanks. Cheers, mate. Sick of traffic lights are green